0: Welcome to Think Smart, Feel Smart, Live Smart. I'm V Vinci, registered counsellor, relationship and family therapist and founder of Headquarters Counselling Services. This podcast aims to break down the overwhelm of life and equip you with a toolbox of knowledge, tips and tricks to help you live your best life. This raw, real and unproduced podcast uses audio taken from my weekly live broadcast in the HQCS Community Facebook group. You can find a link to the community in the episode notes it's free to join now let's get started so this week we are following on from last week's topic of support networks and the question was do you use them or not now i had an absolutely huge response to this topic so as a recap one of the things that can prevent us from utilizing support networks is what we tell ourselves Um, about asking for help and we end up believing some of the crap that we tell ourselves so what stops us from believing we truly deserve what is given to us in our life both positive and negative well that comes down to a number of things but one of them is what I want to talk to you about tonight and it's a concept from the Jahari window called blind self Now, I don't know whether any of you guys have heard of Jahari Window, but I'm going to explain a little bit about it because it truly is one of the biggest tools I use in my sessions with people in that I basically utilise my ability to see your blind spot in a way that you probably can't. So let's start at the beginning. The Jahari Window is a communication model that is used to improve understanding between individuals. Okay, so you can use this... Um, Not for relationships, but it doesn't have to be intimate relationships. It can be relationships with family or it's always hard to notice blind spots in families. Um, But it's it's really good for work. So it's a great tool for work. And I've got a really awesome workshop that I have done with a few organisations to really help build that rapport and trust to give the necessary feedback that is part of Jahari. So... There are two key ideas behind the Jahari window, and that is that one is that you can build trust with others by disclosing information about yourself. And with the help of feedback from others, you can learn about yourself and come to terms with personal issues. All right, so it's essentially a self-awareness concept, like looking in a mirror. And I have a cool little graphic for you that will be handed, uh will put in the handout uh, in the resources section later tonight or tomorrow. And it will show you in there that there are four quadrants that represent four combinations okay the first quadrant is called the open self this is titled it's known to you and it's known to others so it's information that is readily available either because they've told you or because you can recognize it and see it so it will be things like a person's attitude behavior emotions feelings views And they'll be known because, like I said, you've either told someone yourself or you can notice someone's behaviors. That's how we all know when someone's shitty and they've walked in the room without saying a word. It's because they've told us without saying a word, okay? Then we've got another area called the hidden area. This one is entitled known to me but unknown to anybody else okay so that's where it's information that I will keep from others it's personal information it doesn't have to be secretive but it's just personal information which you feel reluctant to reveal and can include feelings um, or past experiences or fears or secrets okay the next area is called an unknown area and this is when you will look at this one this one's a confusing one because it says unknown to you and unknown to others and everyone goes really she's made a typo no I didn't make a typo basically communication actually very rarely exists in this area and that's simply because of the fact that both parties are unaware of it it can be looked at as potential growth or lately something that has come up for me being you don't know what you don't know yet for example in this tech world I am completely a tech retard seriously and I get so annoyed at myself but I simply don't know what I don't know now that goes directly into that space it's also the opportunity where when we get sick of not knowing something or when we get sick of a particular behavior that keeps on happening and we don't know it's when you come to someone like me or you go and or somebody tells you and says listen here buddy This is what the problem is. And you're like, what the hell? But that's what it is. It's the ability to grow spiritually, um, mentally, intellectually, all those things. So it's potential. And I really think it's a cool area. But when you first become aware of it, it's not such a cool idea because you think, oh, my God, I'm never going to know everything. Or I don't want to know everything. So it is a bit of a catch-22. But it's a really cool little thing to, to be aware of. The next one, the last one, of course, we're no guesses here, is the blind self or the blind spot. This is what we're going to be looking at tonight because it's known to others but unknown to you. So this is information that others know in a group that you will be unaware of. But in saying that, others can interpret you differently than you expect. And this is because they see something that you don't it's all those things that some people have the courage to um, hang on it's all those things that some people have the courage to say to your face bless them if they do it well and those who don't have the courage say behind your back the key to the blind spot is that once you become aware of it existing then it goes into a different space and from there you can choose what to do with it for example my tectardness is now being outsourced and as i have finally realized not only do i not get it i don't want to amen to that anyhow what's the goal what is the goal the ultimate goal of jihari is to enlarge the open area this is the open self this is the part that you know about yourself and others know about yourself without disclosing information that is too personal so even though all four quadrants are there and you'll see in the graphic that what you what the first graphic will show you that the quadrants are enlarged or smaller in different areas we want them to all exist we can't enlarge one at the expense of another so just because the blinds we might start to learn about ourselves, that blind spot will essentially get smaller, but it ain't going to disappear because there's always shit you're going to learn about yourself. And to be honest, if you stop learning, you're dead. It's not going to help you. You want to keep learning, all right? So the open area is the most important quadrant as generally the more your people know about you, and when I say your people, that can be your work people, it can be your... Um, family people, your chosen family people, your tribe, basically your people, the more your people know about you and they know about each other, the more productive, cooperative and effective everything will be when you work together. Now, when I talk about this sometimes with intimate couples, they go, well, we don't have to work together. And I said, "Uh, excuse me, you do. Because I often say to my couples, you guys are the CEOs of your corporation. Right? And if you are the CEOs of a corporation and your little workers are your kids, then you've got to be on the same page and you've got to work harmoniously together to make that shit work because otherwise it just falls apart. All right. So why is it important to uncover the blind spots? I probably just gave you a hint. It increases your self-awareness and helps you live in greater alignment with who you truly are. And we will be chatting more about that next week. So the process of enlarging the open area is called self-disclosure and it's a give and take process that takes place between you and the people that you're interacting with. As you share information, your open area expands vertically and your hidden area gets smaller, all right? It's never going to disappear because you're never going to tell everyone everything Um, and that's good that's a good thing you know there's some personal stuff that you don't have to share you don't have to share those things about yourself but what we find is that when people start to become afraid to share they stop sharing the good stuff and then it becomes isolating all right and that leads us to not want to reach out to our um support networks it's one of those things so we have to look at how can we be open So at first glance, the Jahari window can look like it's complex, but it's actually really easy to understand with a little effort because it provides a really good visual reference that people can use to look at their own character and it illustrates the importance of sharing, being open and accepting feedback from others. And that's really important, we're gonna talk about that. People who have a large open area are usually pretty easy to talk to. They communicate honestly and openly with others and they get along well within a group people who have a very small open area are really difficult to talk to because they seem closed off and uncommunicative and they often don't work well with others because they're not trusted it's not because they're bad people it's they just have hidden too much of themselves that nobody gets to know who they really are other people might have a really large blind area with many issues that they haven't identified or dealt with however others can see those issues really clearly and these people might have low self-esteem or they might have anger issues when working with others and they're the sorts of things that we recognize but we don't tell people all right the bigger the open uh, self window the more effective you are to know more about yourself we ask for feedback and to get others to know more about you you tell them stuff about yourself which is self-disclosure if someone sees you in a certain way then you must look at it and 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 actually go is that what I do you own it if it's true and even if you don't think it applies now I'm not saying that everything you hear uh, well, not saying believe everything you hear but by looking at it you effectively assess whether it applies and that goes from the blind spot into the open area and bingo hello self-awareness okay because the fact that you are gonna look at it from the open area if you look at it and think nah, that doesn't fit and you've really assessed it well it doesn't fit if you uh, choose not to look at it well then I'd be going hello maybe a little blind spot there so when we argue with our partners, we know well how they look and sound and Puri could write a book about it, or at least a pamphlet. But we never think about how we look and sound when our partners are resentful, angry, anxious or withdrawn. We don't think of how likely it is that they perceive us at that moment to be rejecting or condescending or manipulative, controlling or selfish. So in short, we have major blind spots when it comes to emotional interactions and that's where you're going to see the most. And just because you're at work doesn't mean you don't have emotional interactions, which is why this is a really cool tool at work. But obviously, most likely, you're going to have emotional interactions at home. And this is the kicker. No one ever uses this tool at home partly because they don't know about it, partly because they don't know how to apply it, and partly because one of the tools that you use to help discover a blind spot, which I'm going to talk to you about at the end, is fraught with danger. Okay. There is no shame in having blind spots. We all have them. Only a tiny proportion of our brain cells go to objective analysis of our own demeanour and behaviour and that part practically receives no activation during an emotional outburst our brains are simply not wired for accurate self-evaluation during emotional interactions and it keeps us hyper focused on the possible threat that we perceive to be there that is how the people we love can seem like saber-toothed tigers or selfish jerks when we're angry or resentful Now, it's absolutely vital to identify blind spots and own them without being defensive and adjust behaviour to compensate for them. For example, a troublesome blind spot of mine shows up more with my kids than with my husband and it's thinking about either what i've done that day or looking ahead to what i'm going to do the next day because let's be honest i'm seriously freaking busy and life is busy when we're trying to juggle wifehood motherhood businesshood life gets busy so i decide to do all this thinking pretty much when some of my when either of my kids are talking to me but in particular it's my son if i'm honest it's my son i will literally tune out now I used to be defensive when he accused me of not listening to him because he would would pull me up on it because it seemed like an unfair accusation because I thought, you know what, I'm really busy. Can you not bloody see that? But the reality is is that recognising that I was becoming defensive indicated that he was right. How annoying. And then I had to look at, well, why do I do this? And the honest truth. The things he loves to talk about, I absolutely have no connection to. And to be honest, sometimes absolutely no interest in. I learned to acknowledge that switching off is something I do completely without realizing it. And I did it with more than one person who shall remain nameless. Anyway, he is obviously super important to me. And I want him to feel heard. So I try to focus exclusively on him when he's talking. But let's be honest. A 13-year-old boy who talks about motors and engine is mind-numbing to me. Although it is a much better conversation than the Minecraft days. Dear God, I don't think I could ever sit through another, Mum, can we talk about Minecraft request again? Please, I can't do it. Anyway, what did I do? Well... I had to sit him down and I had to own that I wandered off sometimes when he talked to me and I let him know that he was right that maybe we could come up with a time when my mind was not racing so to speak about all the things uh, and we could talk about all the things he loved and if he noticed that I switched off then he had permission to point out that I didn't look like I was listening now two things happened one he felt validated and important because I made the effort to focus more and give him the attention that he deserved and I was honest with him. I didn't bullshit to him telling him, well, you know, mum's really busy. I said, no, you you know what, you're right. I do wander because I've been busy but that's unfair to you. So I owned it. And you know what, every now and then when he reminds me, God bless him, I take it in my stride and I thank him a really good tool to have a look at because your kids are oh, they're the best mirrors in the world and guess who else the best mirrors siblings hello sister um, they can tell you and if your sister sometimes tells you that you're being a twat you should say thank you anyhow how do you adjust the mirrors well there are a couple of ways uh, and i don't recommend one of them unless you are completely with a safe person because you can ask someone yep like i said this one can be fraught with danger especially when you start to become aware so leave that to someone like me who promises to hold your heart while i gently kick your ass The best strategy for reducing your blind spots is to use the reactions of your partner as an aid, like a rear and side view mirror. If you believe that your partner is acting selfishly, then you've got to ask yourself if you are coming off the same way. If you believe that your partner is condescending or disrespectful, ask yourself if you are being respectful and open to his or her perspective. If you believe that your partner is devoid of compassion and caring, ask yourself if you are compassionate and caring at that moment in time. If you believe that your partner is attacking, ask yourself if you're disrespecting him or her, at least in your head anyway. Because you know what? Even when you're standing there, and we've all done it, and my husband will do this, and I'll go, he'll go, you're not listening to me, and I'll go, okay, just listen to me. But in my head, what am I saying? Hurry up, you're fucking pain my ass. He knows, he hears it, he feels it, he sees it. Now, the questions above are especially important if you think your partner is acting like a jerk because if you react like a jerk, then what does that make you? And if you react to toddler brain with toddler brain behaviour, where does that leave you? Adjusting blind spots in an emotional interaction has to be intentional you're most likely not going to be able to do it at the moment in time but rather than go and stew and sit on all the crappy things they've said or done maybe you could use that opportunity to go you know what because you're going to have my ridiculous voice in your head going oh shit bloody v told me that maybe i need to look at myself hello have a look you don't have to tell anyone just start to have a look because if you drive on autopilot the road or in your relationships and you fail to check your blind spots it leads to disaster on both fronts putting a little care and effort into adjusting them will get you where you want to go safely and efficiently and if you don't have a partner you can do this technique with a really really close friend who is trusted okay I've got an article that I am going to post as well probably tomorrow and it talks about how somebody did do that. What if your partner is the most patient man on earth? Is he accepting my crap because it's easier? Uh, I have that problem as well. Sometimes, sometimes they just let our blind spots go. And you know what? That is absolutely the definition of love. But if your blind spot is continually justified or allowed to go well then it's just justifying really shit behavior and if you don't want to justify in other people then you need to own and look at yourself this is why the blind spot looking at the blind spot for yourself is particularly powerful because no one's thrown it at you which you're more likely to resist okay Um, but there is there is safety in doing in doing it with someone who can help you do it all right and and counselors and therapists we're trained to have a look at those things I often say to people I listen to what is not being said all right so it's like a little later in my head have a go at finding any blind spots this week all right, now I'm going to give you a couple of examples of how blind spots can appear in, in personal rear vision mirrors, all right? We all know how the blind spot appears in um, uh, on the car next to you. You know, you've got your holding on one side and your Ford on the other. This one, we emotionally, you can have a look and you go, right, how what would it look like? So here's a couple of examples. Continually running late for appointments. I bet you there's a few people that have gone, what? love this one valuing being right over being effective have a think about that there's a lot of people that need to be right even though it doesn't make it effective saying yes to people in your life when you really want to say no continuously people you would not believe how many people come into me and they cannot say no they cannot say no and i've got a really really cool um there are actually five ways to say no now if anyone wants to hear the five ways to say no send me a message because i'll just make that into another little session for you because it's really really interesting now one of the other things you don't receive or realize the impact you have on other people if you've got people from different places going listen you know you you really hurt such and such, or you know someone su- such and such was upset. You've got to have it, and you're going really why? Why are they so upset by me? You need to look at that. It's a little blind spot that you're not seeing. Continually becoming impatient when you're, when changes in your life don't happen as fast as you like or the way you like. That's that's a blind spot. Not standing up for yourself in conversations because you don't like conflict. Accomplishing something. You really want and then throwing it all away because you think you don't deserve it. We covered a little bit of this earlier uh, in our sessions when people did all this work and then still feel bad that they feel good. It's a meta emotion. So go back and have a look at meta emotions if you want. Uh, And this one, settling for for less than what you really want in your life because you think you're not worth it their little blind spots now as i said earlier the team are going to pop in a graphic in the resources section so keep an eye out i've also going to attach this really good article that was written about the blind spot it's it's a really cool technique and i really like the way he did it and what you'll notice is that he works on the concept of work, getting feedback from people in his life but I love the way he really focuses on getting that feedback from people who are safe, okay? So I cannot stress enough that there must be safety in those people. If you are hesitant about that, don't do it. Come to someone like me and I can kick your ass. Beautiful. I hope you've enjoyed this one, guys, because it's a really special little one, The Blind Spot, and it's actually going to lead into, a couple of things that i actually primarily work with and have trained for, for which is called shadow so sometimes the blind bits are in a shadow and we need to have a look at what that looks like and why do we have a shadow have a great night i will speak to you next week bye